Hey everyone, welcome to Ben Better, How About You? I'm your host, Katie Nara, and I've suffered from depression nearly my entire life. It sucks. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health, broken down in a relatable way, and told through personal experiences. P.S. I'm not a doctor, but each week my guests and I will cover everything from recognizing symptoms of anxiety and depression to providing accessible tips, tools, and resources that support mental wellness. So get your weekly prescription with me. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ben Better. How about you? I'm your host, Katie Nera. And today we have a familiar face joining us, Vlada Haggerty. She was on the podcast in January. Vlada is an internationally known makeup artist, photographer, and lip artist. Vlada was born on June 8, 1984, in Kiev, Ukraine, which was Soviet Union at the time. In 2014, she moved to Los Angeles, where her career took a surprising turn. She turned to lip art as a creative outlet and as her own version of therapy. Her face became her canvas. Vlada's creations quickly drew attention on Instagram, allowing her to continue exploring the fascinating world of lip art. Today, we are speaking about the history of Ukraine and its relationship with Russia, how this war is affecting the country, not only physically, but mentally. Okay, many of you have seen what is going on in Ukraine and um, obviously are concerned, horrified, and want to help. Uh, for those that do not know or are not aware of what's happening, maybe you are living underground, which I wouldn't blame you during these times. So on February 24th, Putin announced that he had made the decision to launch a special military operation in Eastern Ukraine. In his address, Putin claimed that there were no plans to occupy Ukrainian territory and that he supported the right of the peoples of Ukraine to self-determination. Putin also stated that Russia sought the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. He said that all responsibility for possible bloodshed will be entirely on the conscience of the regime ruling on the territory of Ukraine. The Russian Ministry of Defense asked air traffic control units of Ukraine to stop, flight, stop flights and the airspace over Ukraine was restricted to non-civilian air traffic. Uh, the whole area was deemed an active conflict zone by the European Union Aviation Safety Agency. This was um, something I found online that I ran by Vlada that you know seems to be pretty accurate of what happened. It obviously goes much deeper than that, and that is why she is on today to speak about the history of Ukraine and Russia and the relationship between the two. And I'm very anxious to hear what she has to say. Yeah, I can I can fill you in a little bit. And honestly, this past month, I just it's been just mind blowing watching all of this unfold. And it actually makes sense to me why it came to a head like this. Oh, really? It's been going on. Well, with Putin, it's been going on for eight nine years now okay um, but in the whole history of ukraine it's been going on for two three hundred years russia is just not accepting ukraine as a separate country they it's been divided between poland and russian tsar for many 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 years and ukraine has always tried to be independent not to like invade anybody or like take something that's not ours. We just wanted to live like we want to live and to have our own government, you know, just like normal yeah. things. And for some reason, Russian government is just like not into it at all. And I think partially it has something to do with the resources that Ukraine has. I mean, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not a politician. I don't know all of these ins and outs, but just as a person who grew up in this, um, I personally have experienced kind of like lesser than attitude from Russians towards me. Oh, in, in, yeah. the, in America as well? No, not here. Okay. I, not so much, not, not here, but also I don't really like hang out with Russians. Right, here. right. Also, I don't, but when I used to visit Russia I definitely had interactions I just I have a memory of my grandma actually my so 
it's interesting how Putin is saying how, oh, I'm saving Russian speaking people in Ukraine because they're so oppressed. I'm just going to give you an example. And this is a very normal family situation. So I speak Russian and I speak Russian to my mom and to my grandma when she was still alive. My mom speaks Ukrainian to her mom. She speaks Russian to me. She spoke Russian to her husband, to my dad. My dad speaks Ukrainian to his parents. And my grandma speaks Russian to me, but she speaks Ukrainian to my mom. So it's so intertwined. It doesn't matter who speaks which language. We all understand each other. So it's, it's not like, why do you think your mom speaks Russian to you? Was that just more like the dominant language growing up in Ukraine? Um, I think it's a product of Soviet Union um, oppression and they had a whole campaign to eradicate Ukrainian language from Ukrainian USSR. For a long time, my mom told me it was kind of almost shameful to speak Ukrainian because it was just like, alas, then uh, all of the schools in Soviet Ukraine were only in Russian. Ukrainian was taught as a foreign language. Which in, is in Ukraine. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But for me, growing up like this, that's what I knew. That was normal. So all the teachers spoke Russian. We all spoke Russian to each other. Then we had a Ukrainian class where... But in the way in America, like let's say English is my first language and I would have a Spanish class or a Latin or a French class. So, yep. you, uh, so the actual Russian language is the dominant language spoken yeah. and you mm -hmm. would learn Ukraine. Yeah. And what year was this when you were in school? They're just so because I'm just always wondering, like, okay, so when was that? And that's that know. was like the 90s. Yeah. Okay. 90, wow. 90 not that long ago. Not no, not that long ago. And actually, this conflict with Russia has propelled Ukrainian people to really learn their heritage, to really start loving Ukrainian. A lot of young people only speak Ukrainian these days. Oh. Well, that's uh, good for them. Yeah, it's actually, it really made people love Ukraine more. And I just, I can speak for myself. Like I live, I lived there for 26, 27 years before I moved. And, you know, it was just like, I was born there, nothing like crazy. Now I have this Ukrainian pendant and I want to learn my history more because I don't know, it's just, I think it's when someone is trying to destroy everything you love so much, instead of giving in, we just push even harder. You're yeah. like, well, you can't take it out. You can't take it away from us. As Putin is saying that Ukraine is not a real country. There is no such, there's no such thing as Ukrainian culture. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, that, what, has he always said that? Has he always said Ukraine is not a real country? Well, right now he's really speaking about it so openly i think it's always been like that for him i don't know why um but now it's just it's kind of like it's like paranoia for him i i, I personally think that he has some mental mental health issues he's not dealing with them properly and i think he's surrounded himself with people who are enabling him yeah out of out of fear or out of some other gain i don't i'm not sure i can't speak on that but just seems and obviously i can't diagnose anyone i'm not <laughs> a doctor no but i mean it's, like yeah what, what seem like a man who thinks through decisions <laughs> i don't know what else it's, it's mind-blowing and it's just it makes me go insane because yeah. i'm trying to understand this and i just can't and i just i just remember the history of how stalin was trying to um kill Ukrainians. There was genocide in 1933, mm -hmm. where it was a man-made famine in Ukraine, where they literally just came and took all the food, all of the crops. Ukraine, Ukraine is a, it's kind of like a farming country. People like- a lot of countryside. Yeah, there's there. a lot of countryside. People like to work on the land. There are a lot of farms, a lot of like family farms. And so Ukraine is actually called the the bread basket of europe because there's so much wheat that's so um, interesting like i i never knew that yeah and i actually i didn't realize how much wheat we actually export because now i, I saw percentage how many 
countries are going to be affected by wheat shortages because right now is uh, the season where you start, you know, working on crops and yeah, it's war time, so people can't even start it. So who knows what's going to happen? So during that famine, like I want to say like 4 million or 5 million Ukrainians just died of starvation just because that was Ro- 1930s, you said? 19, yeah, 90, 1933 to 1934, I think. And that was Russian government. That was Soviet Union. Right, right. When the Soviet Union, like. So I don't know. It's like, I don't know why they're trying to just eradicate us. Some people are saying that for Putin in this specific situation, he just doesn't want a neighboring country that it has democracy and that is free. And when people feel like they can say whatever they want and they can be, you know, there's freedom of speech. There's no censorship in Ukraine, mm-hmm. independent media and government media are all saying the same things. That's the difference between Russian media and Ukrainian media. You can watch independent media and government media, right. and it's going to be the same information because it's truth. It's just reporting what's happening in the world. In Russia, it's sometimes I watch it just to understand like why I, I have so many people in my comments from Russia who are screaming that it's all lies and it's not happening. And Russians are not attacking. Are, people are, people say that, that, that it's not happening in the Ukraine. I mean, that's yeah. just like, I mean, we see even news that is very biased. Like you see the pictures, yeah. I mean, they covered the New York times. You see that it's a war zone, you know? Yeah. People- I don't understand. I really don't understand how it's like, there's no critical thinking, I guess. They just, whatever they receive, they just accept it as that's what it is. Right. I feel like they're just being abused also because they're just being manipulated and abused. And it's a really difficult situation because I can kind of see both sides are just being in a really horrible position because there are a lot of Russians in Russia who don't support this and who are against it and who are in jails right now because of this, which is... They've been in, they, so people in Russia that are supporting, who are supporting Ukraine, are they being, they're being arrested, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right now there's a law in Russia that you cannot even say that it's a war. You have to only say that it's a special military operation. Oh my gosh. That is like so infuriating. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, textbook gaslighting yes yes on an on an international scale and i i'm just i consider myself lucky enough that i know enough about narcissistic abuse and how these tactics everything i learned i can apply to this and i this helps me retain my sanity right now because there's so much of oh it's all a lie it's a lie it's not happening and if it's happening we didn't do it and if we do, and if we did it, you deserved it. It's like, it's this like chain of justifications. And why does he, the, And but there is no reason that he's saying, besides what you said in the beginning, that he wants to, that to be part of Russia, right? He doesn't like having that, is, like having a country that is, has its own mindset, you know, democracy close to Russia and that he wants to take that over. But did something set this off? I'm not sure. People are saying that he just has this grand view of rebuilding the Soviet Union and rejoining all of the countries that uh, separated in when Soviet Union broke down. Basically, it was uh, Ukraine, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, all these countries that are now independent. Um, he just he thinks that it's the biggest mistake in the history that Soviet Union broke off. So he has this view that Russia has to come together and he just will not accept that Ukraine wants to be a European country. Right, right. And that's since 2014 or 13, actually it started in 13, lasted through 2014 when Ukrainian people were just like, we don't want this. We want to be in European Union. We want to have a democratic elections we want to elect our own president because before that it was a russian pro-russian guy as a president that and what year did it become independent thinking uh so in 91 when soviet union broke off there was a countrywide um voting on Mm -hmm. what's going to happen next do you 
uh, will Ukrainian people be independent as an independent country or do they want to stay with Soviet Union? And I think almost 90% of Ukrainians voted to be independent. Wow. So the people have spoken. That's how it was. It was legitimate. It was an honest right. decision. And now he just wants to rewrite history and he wants to go back. And it's like, that's not how it works. You can't just... You can't, we have, we had our independence for 31 years now. People are used to, to having their freedoms. And like, obviously compared to America, it's, it's incomparable, but we still in Ukraine. I remember I, I was never prosecuted for anything. My thinking, for my opinions, for my language, none of that. And no, I didn't know anybody who did. So the, the stuff that they're saying right now that a Russian speaking people are so oppressed is just not true. Is just also that, that, that you're just that you started by telling us that that's the language you grew up. Yeah, that's just like so crazy. It, and, and there I know my makeup teacher mm-hmm. is Russian. And she oh, okay. yeah, and she like by passport, and she moved to Ukraine. Now, uh, when you say by passport, what does that mean? Yeah, okay. she was born in Russia and then she moved to Ukraine. Um, I don't know if she got married to a Ukrainian or something, but she lived half of her life in Ukraine. She considers Ukraine her home. She actually made a, a really open post about how she, as a Russian speaking person, as a Russian by documents, she's never been oppressed by Ukrainians in any way. She said, I. I know Ukrainian, but I don't speak it because it's not, it's not the greatest and I don't want to make mistakes. I continue speaking Russian, but nobody has ever said anything to me. And I can confirm that for myself as well. But, oh, that story about my grandma, I didn't finish. But I experienced the opposite when we went to Russia. And I remember we were but on a- You went with trip. your grandmother to Russia in the 90s? Yeah, was I was like, okay. I think I was like maybe 10 it was like 94, 95. And we went to visit our relatives. My grandma's brother lives in Ukraine, uh, in Russia. So we went and I remember we were in Moscow on a subway, on a train. And my grandma, like I said, she speaks Ukrainian with me and I respond to her in Russian. And I remember- vividly- That right there is like, so like mind blowing to me. <laughs> like you <laughs> speaking and then I'd be like, what? Just because <laughs> Americans were like, yeah, it's just like, it's just how we communicated. Yeah, like, it's yeah. never been like, I never even had a second thought about That's it. That's the way it was. Wow. Yeah. And so she's talking to me in Ukrainian and I just, with the corner of my eye, I see this guy, he like looks at her and I look at him and he made such face of such disgust at my grandma. Ukrainian language was being spoken. Yeah. And I was, my heart sank and I was a 10 year old. Like if it happened now, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy he would have well, as a kid before. of course you're gonna remember that that's like that's very traumatizing that's, yeah that's I remember like it was yesterday so it was really traumatic and also I have a lot of guilt for not saying anything because well, I mean you can't you were 10 years old I know I know but my you grandma is just now even like I I feel like things happen sometimes and I leave somewhere and then I'm like oh I should have said something you know sometimes yeah. sometimes you're in such shock I yeah. think someone does something, something that happened like that with me last week, where you're just like, I can't believe this is happening to me right now. And that this person yeah. is saying this and yeah. you kind of process it later. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's what happened. And I was just, that was the first time where I witnessed something like this. And like, for what my grandma was like the sweetest, most amazing person ever. She's so kind. She was just so loving. And that reaction from somebody who only knew about her one thing that she spoke Ukrainian and he made such a face it was so hurtful and just I I don't think she saw it and I, I was gonna I, ask like what was her reaction he didn't like, see oh, she it used to it maybe because he was standing so she was standing in front of me and he was he was standing behind her okay and I, I never told her that because that would just have oh he was off. behind her okay yeah. yeah he was behind her so he like turned around and I saw his face but she didn't I told it to my mom. She was just so, so mad. And that's like, I've had quite a few experiences like that when Russian people talk down to me for no reason at all. Right. There's no reason except for I'm Ukrainian and I don't understand this. I don't, I don't relate to this. I don't get it. So 
it's either it's a cultural thing that maybe what Putin is representing right now, maybe that's what's just going on in Ukraine. They, they've they always called Ukraine like small Russia. If you translate it into oh, really small Russia, so it's not a, a country, it's like a little like brother. Little Italy. Yeah, like little. Like, well, that's less than. Yeah, know. yeah, less absolutely. Than. It was just, it's because I don't know a lot about it. Like I just was looking up like, oh, okay. So what happened? And it is really what you just said where I thought, well, maybe she'll know something else where just like he wasn't going to recognize this as like an independent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just, I was curious if there was something that happened that made him feel that way. I think he's just afraid for his, well, and it's not just, I think that I heard some political experts who are, and historians who say that Ukraine right now, as it is, the free country is a threat to his dictatorship because Russian people also want freedoms. They also want to be, you know, able to do what the rest of the world is doing. They want to be able to uh, not be prosecuted for their thoughts. Uh, and he sees Ukraine. So for some former- people maybe that are listening, because I mean, I know, but some may not know that. So in Russia, you know, it is communist and you can't be free thinking or free speaking. Currently, currently, yeah, currently everything is even worse. I think it's even worse than it was during Soviet Union times, because now not a single independent media is allowed. Everything is closed. It's only state-run media, which is basically propaganda. They like brainwashing. That's why that news, that woman who came on the news. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm surprised she wasn't killed. Yeah. I literally was like so afraid for her safety. I was like, "Uh, this is great, but like, how are you going to survive this? I know, I know. And it's kind of like, I guess a good example would be like Fox News, but it's all over the country and that's the only thing you have. Yeah, there's no, there's so there's no, I mean, I like, that's why I like the local news because it's it's just sort of the facts of what's going on. But yeah. absolutely, there's, Fox News is definitely one way. And I even think CNN can sometimes be way the other way. And it, and many people just feel like, what should I watch? MSNBC, you know, it's just, it's hard to get your, the a non-biased take on yeah. things. I think people found that through COVID yeah, I think, you know, people found out even when Trump was president, whether you liked him or not, you know, it's just always one way or the other. Yeah. And it's just such like opposites of the spectrum. It's not just a little bit different. It's like complete opposite. It makes you it's very extreme so insane. like who can I yeah. trust? Yeah, I. it's very extreme. It's yeah, it's it's insane. It's just insane. So you've been in you came to how long have you been out of the out of Ukraine? So I moved in 2013, beginning of 2013 or 2012. It's almost 10 years now. I remember you said that before. Okay, that you've been out. Almost, yeah, almost 10 years. And um, my mom still lives there. My uncle still lives there. His whole family is there. They actually fled to Poland right now. My mom, miraculously. Tell, tell me about, yeah. Go back and tell me about because I remember when Marco told me this. And I, every time I tell this story, I get chills because I've told so many people the story. I said, oh, you know, that very talented artist who we had on her mom. And so please tell us. It's I we still can't believe that it happened the way it happened. So my husband is a musician and he was going to go on tour first three weeks of February, end of December. I told my mom, like, you should come visit. It's cold in Ukraine. Like, you should come spend some time. Aaron's going to be gone. So, you know, you can have your own room and everything. And it's going to be so nice. And so she took me up on it. She usually comes to visit in March because that's where her birthday is. But I was like, you know, Aaron's going to be gone for three weeks. Like, we're going to have a house to, to ourselves. We can do masks and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, the girl like, stuff. Like girl she, stuff. Yeah. So she really liked the idea. She booked her ticket right away and like right after New Year's, I think. Oh, and we were and we were waiting, and then things started to hit the fan, like with all the 
troops gathering i did for the longest time i didn't even know if she was gonna be allowed to go to go and so this was happening even before she got on the plane the troops oh, were yeah. gathering oh yeah yeah so it was i think it was like a month before they actually invaded that there were signs and i know that united states um you know intelligence intelligence agency they were like ringing the bell like hey they're gonna invade they're gonna invade but nobody in ukraine believed it people are just so like i don't know because it's just such an such an insane thing to happen like i mean i guess the kind of people think it is because it's oh it's 2022 and you guys have been independent for so long so maybe people just thought it was impossible yeah i think so like i know that a lot i mean uh, we have family in russia a lot of ukrainians have family in russia so it was just so intertwined nobody would ever even imagine that a full-scale war can happen between these two countries because it's just it's insane so my mom was like no it's so to me because i didn't know that like i don't think people especially americans don't realize how intertwined ukraine and russia like the history of it and that they still are like you're saying you have family there that and fam and vice versa and you know you hear about then these um russian people helping mm-hmm. people at the border are getting this and then other people that don't want to i mean i think it's so cool that also that there's so many people in in ukraine that they don't want to leave mm-hmm. and they and they don't care which I think is so cool because I feel like Americans would be like, bye, you know, like we're also like everyone be like, where's the helicopter? You know, like even your president. And I mean, it's really just warms my heart that people love this country so much. I feel like yeah. people here would be like, great, goodbye, like immediately. You know, like I think that's really something to focus on. It's really cool. And also I like that, this is awful to say, but I like that the men are like being left behind. This is another thing in America, the men would be like, what? I'm like they wouldn't last a day without the women, I feel like. And I just, I heard this story on the news. You may have seen it. This woman who was uh, you know, born in Ukraine and she has a child already from a surrogate in Ukraine. And they went for the birth of her other baby. Mm-hmm. And as the surrogate gave birth, the bombs went off and she puts, getting chill, she puts the baby in the car. Her husband was from Los Angeles, but I think is of Ukrainian descent. And they drove, they found a, someone to drive them for 27 hours to the uh, border at Poland. And then she, the crowd realized, oh, this woman has a baby. So they started like pushing her through, like she got out to walk across the border Oh my God. And it was very, she said, horrifying. Like it was great. Everyone was pushing me there, but she has a newborn. So she had to go like this and they wouldn't let her husband go. Mm. But then they did like a day later, mm. you know? And she said to her husband, I, the only reason this man, because they would keep looking at each other, like, why is this man driving us? You know, why is he, is because they had a newborn. And she had video footage of these young children. Oh, you know, elders, met everyone, you know, walking with their suitcases mm-hmm. um, in really cold temperatures, yeah. you know, for days on end, like as they're driving, I mean, they were in traffic, but, you know, driving slowly. Yeah. And it just was such a incredible story. And now she's, they're back in LA and they're sitting with their newborn. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what a birth story. It's like, wow. I was born, a bomb went off. Like I, I helped my parents get out of there. And it's just, it's really incredible that that happened, but also just, I guess, hearing that for someone like me, the the severity of it and thinking like, well, that would never happen in America. I don't know, maybe it would, you know, where suddenly it's like, everybody has to go. Yeah. Just, and it probably wouldn't, but the thought of that is so scary. And I think people think it's like the olden days of war. And I, right. It's, it's just like, there are a lot of comparisons between the World War II and what's happening right now. And just oh, the really? pictures are so similar. The people fleeing, fleeing the, the little children, the, the, the ruins. The pictures yeah, people getting out or the hospital with all the pregnant women that was bombed oh, and the babies. It's, it's, it's so horrible. Awful. I just, I can't believe that it's 2022 and we're still dealing with this. And it's been on, going on for 26 days, right? Is that right? 
Yeah, I think it's the day 27th is going to be okay. tomorrow because they're, they're 10 hours ahead of us. Okay, so I went off sidetrack with that story. So you were saying, so your mom oh, yeah. got here. So yeah. take us through that. Yeah, so and my mom. Here, so she booked, she's waiting to leave. People are hearing bells and no one's believing it. But yeah, yeah. And I, and I was telling my mom, like, do you want to change your ticket to come early? Because I don't know if you're going to be able to fly. Like, because uh -huh. they were, they were saying that they're going to invade on February 20th, I think. They were saying yeah. that they're going to invade on the 20th. Mom, you should come early because who knows what's going to happen. She's like, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So she flew She flew in on February 10th and everything was fine. Right. Now we're doing our thing. And um, was the flight here like normal? Like like yeah. there weren't like all these like... I mean, normal-ish. I mean, I, I was... Normal for the Ukraine? Yeah. I don't know. Or like normal for leaving Yeah, I mean, area. yeah, it was pretty like like normal traveling okay minus, yeah. you know, covid restrictions and stuff right. but yeah and um i was just i don't know maybe it was my intuition i was just like this is not right it's just something bad's gonna happen and everybody like even my husband and my mom she's like russia would be completely insane to do something like this it's not gonna happen they're just posturing this is just listen to you next time <laughs> yeah, like that. i was just like like yeah, you I felt women's intuition like you just i mean i think also people probably have, i don't know how old your mom is but I think sometimes people of older generation, same thing with COVID, like they're just like, oh, it's fine, you know, or or they just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they've like, been through a lot. So they've they've already seen it, it all and they're just like, oh, whatever. Or they don't realize, oh no, this this is getting really bad, right? right. So. Yeah. And also it's hard, you know, I have anxiety. So for me, it's, sometimes it's hard to tell if it's intuition or anxiety or am I just right. like, freaking out because yeah. I'm always angry. thinking something bad's going to happen. <laughs> right. No, so, but I mean, that's, but, but I mean, like, I didn't know that there were, you like you were saying that, that even the American intelligence rang bells and that there was any kind of sort of premonition that this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were gathering at the border for a month. There was 150, okay. by the time they invaded, there were 150,000 troops around Russian troops surrounding the surrounding um, Ukraine yeah and they kept saying that they're just doing military exercises and there's nothing to worry about and we're in that was like on, a game of thrones episode <laughs> like, yeah like there's doing? you know don't worry about it we're just gonna exercise right at the border no big deal like no I would like, be like goodbye I'm packing my bags now mm -hmm. but that's again a great testament I mean, the one part is just, I think it's so great that so many people don't want to leave. Yeah. And actually my great grandmother was um, born, raised and lived in Lebanon forever. And she wouldn't leave even during the war. Wow. And I just think it's so cool that Europeans and Middle Easterns and all different parts, even Asian, Africa, like they have a pride of their country where I think in America it's lacking. And it's, it's, I don't, I just, I think it's awesome that there's so much loyalty there. Yeah. Like bombs going, my God, and she wouldn't leave. She ended up, you know, she didn't want to. I think I, I almost feel like this is what happens when somebody attacks your country. It's like, you just want to resist because my mom, after the war started, my mom was like, cause her ticket was on the 28th. I'm going home. I don't Would care. Go home? Yeah. I'm going home. I'm going home. She Mom, was like, she was like packing all of her gifts, like little gifts that she got. She was packing her suitcase. She's like, Mom, you're not going anywhere. And she's like, No, no, I'm going. It's okay. I'm like, I'm going to steal your passport. Marco was like, e emailed me, like, Steal your mom's password, hide it somewhere. Don't let her go. And then yeah. I think the. <laughs> The only reason why she didn't go was because they literally closed the airport in Kiev because right. it was bombed. So she literally could not go. That I think it's pretty soon, wasn't it? Like it started on the 24th and then wasn't the airport closed within like four days, five days. Yeah. So okay. yeah, basically the day, the, the night before she was supposed to leave, they closed down the airport. So it was like really close. And I was like, I'm not taking you to the, the, to the airport. I was serious. Like I literally, oh, I, I know you're not joking. Yeah. You're not going. I'm not taking it. She's like, it's okay. I'll take a taxi. I'm like, what's happening? I would be like, 
your passport's going through a shredder right now. Yeah. No, I seriously, I was considering just taking her passport and hiding it somewhere because like this is absolutely, she was like, I'm going to help the troops. I'm going to cook. I can like be a nurse. I'm going to help. I'm like, well, that's really sweet of you, but I want you alive. Like, yeah. No, it's very stressful. It's and now is your husband still out of town? No, he's back. Okay. He is actually he Ukrainian? His- I forget. No, he's from, he's from Northern California. So he's from he's like San Francisco. So yeah. He's what American. has been his like kind of witnessing living with, you know, two Ukrainian, like. Yeah. I mean, he's, I always say that he's like, he's not Ukrainian, but he's like part Ukrainian at this point. Right. right. He's <laughs> like an honorary so Ukrainian. Honorary Ukrainian. Yeah. Yeah. He's visited me for so long. I mean, we did long distance for almost four years. So he came to Ukraine many, many oh, times. Oh, okay. I don't know if I, you told me that before. Okay. So he knows he's yeah. been there. It's not he's, like, oh, yeah. this like sort of he's, foreign land that he's never visited. No, he's been there. And he actually has friends of his own okay. over there. Like he made, because he's a musician. So musicians bond. So yeah, it, he's been just, he's been in touch with his friends over there. Like a lot of them were moving from Kiev, a little like closer to Poland border because it's a bit safer there some of them were just living in the subway because yes subway- i saw some footage of a bunch of people yeah because it's safe there because it's oh, so- yeah. they've been in the subway or they've been underground for i guess like we said it'll be 27 days tomorrow yeah people who don't have anywhere else to go that's like the only safe place wow. right now because it's basically like a big bomb shelter because it's so deep like even if How something is anyone getting food or water or what like that I'm is not, down there I'm not sure but I did see like they have tables set up with like right. little snacks and hot yeah. tea and hot like maybe soups or something I right. think it's like Just deliberate yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of volunteers right now who I know like a lot of even pop singers like famous people in Ukraine they're just like peeling potatoes and cooking and like sorting donations and sorting boxes everyone came through and it's just it's really heartwarming and also really heartbreaking and inspiring it's just like so many feelings at the same time oh I just I really just hope that it stops soon because it feels like every day I wake up and it's just like never ending well you had done a there was something I think it was in your stories you had a picture of a building that the side was totally blown out and a mm. man was collecting his things and that you've been looking for, I guess, 26 days now if your mom's house has been blown up. Yeah, every morning. My mom has a chat. Is a childhood home? Uh, it's not a childhood home. It's, well, no, it's not a childhood home. It's it's her house, like the building. She has an apartment, mm-hmm. which I actually built i guess because when we bought the apartment it was only two stories of the building built oh we're on the building yeah well it's 14 it's 16 story building but they only built two stories when we bought the apartment so we basically bought the air (laughs) they do that i mean do you mean 16 units 16 stories it's a it's a big apartment building oh yeah you built on top of it Okay, so I'll explain. So they do that in Ukraine to kind of save money. When they should they just, be doing that here. It, <laughs> it sounds great. I don't know if they do it here, but in Ukraine, you can actually buy the apartment that hasn't been It doesn't exist, yet. like the air. It doesn't, you kind of like, you invest in the construction, basically. Yes. You invest to help them build, and then it takes a year or two to to finish. So I basically, we, we bought the air, <laughs> invested in the construction so So, cool yeah so we saved a lot of money this way and we just when we got it it was just bare bare walls bare floor there was nothing there so everything in that apartment was my kind of take on the interior design together so how long has she been there in there or and you visited there and stayed since i moved away so basically almost 10 years 10 years you know she she made it her own she has like little changes but like it's you know it's we we built it this is this is the home this is every time I come to visit her I stay with her and yeah. so every every morning I check my apps to so see. how are you keeping for people that 
want to know like, oh, I would actually like to know what is really going on. Where can people get the real news? Okay. Even my it. friend today was, um, who's, who's very up on everything that's going on in the world. He mentioned a channel I wanted to ask you about. And he said, oh, this is the best place. I don't know if the story will still show. Um, Sky News. Yeah, I I follow. Do you know Telegram? It's yeah, an, well, it's I know the web, but I know it has like, I think. Wait, I think I saw you post this. Like, I know it as like a gossip, like a Daily Mail. It's well, or so, so like this is this is groundbreaking news <laughs> to me that I maybe it was you. I was like, somebody is reposting the Telegram. I was like, I guess they know what's going on. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But so it's basically in Russia they had their own version of Facebook. It was called Vkontakte. Yes, and, like for during the camp, the Trump campaign and all that, right? Wasn't there yeah, all that controversy? Yeah, and so at some point, a Russian government demanded that Vkontakte sells all the user information to them. And the guy that created the, the network, he was like, hell no, I'm not doing that. And so they somehow got him fired. So he lost his creation. So he started Telegram. That's a completely independent social media that... Uh, it's kind of like it's like a it's like a Twitter and WhatsApp and WhatsApp. Yeah, okay. You can so maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe it's something else. Yeah, it's yeah, Telegram. It's like a social British, media. Okay, I'm thinking of the British. I think newspaper. Oh, Telegram. yeah. No, it's not British. It's it's it's. Okay. I think it was Russian, but he's not. He doesn't live in Russia anymore. I think. Okay. Was uh, he was he Russian? Was he a native of Russian? Yes. Of Russia. Excuse yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's like kind of, I guess he decided to create it as a response to suppression of free speech and everything. Because anyone get it? Like, I'm going to look right now. You just yeah, look on your. Yeah, anyone. It's just, I think they have English speaking channels there, oh. but it's mostly like Russian, Ukrainian speaking. speaking oh, channels. I'm like, this looks great. Like, I have no idea what I think. I would look into it just because I didn't really need I, I didn't have a need to find an English speaking channel so I've just been catching up on uh, I have a channel that is um, it telegram messenger yes okay so it's kind of like a messenger app but people post all of the latest news and you can post so kind of um, like a whatsapp but more but news around but but kind of and okay. it's also yeah and it's also called channel okay so oh. it's usually it's um it's run by independent media. Well, it's at, at least the pages that I follow, the channels that I follow. So one of them that I've been really enjoying, uh, they're actually from Belarus, Belarus. Mm -hmm. Belarus. No, I feel um, like Belarus sounds right to me, but in in Russian it's Belarus. So there you go. Either Belarus. Yes. So they they run this. It's called. Well, they call it Nexta, but it's spelled N-E-X-T-A, like Nexta. Nexta, N-E-X-T-A. Okay. That's someone you can they, follow on the yeah. Telegram app. Yeah. So you can join, you kind of like, you join in the conversation and yeah. they are the only ones that can post news and then people can comment underneath. So you can join the conversation. You can just like post your opinions, but you cannot update the feed itself. It's like a, it's a different concept. I really I really like it. I I've, I've only started following this now. Like I've heard about it for a long time. You can create communities. You can create your own you Telegram channel. Like if they're annoying or saying things that aren't factual. Probably, probably, probably like the owner of the channel. I'm sure they can they can That's remove so them. I mean, I have a lot of friends that would love this. They just because it's yeah. It's, there's so much bias information. Mm -hmm. And people don't, and, and along with that was, I wanted to ask this and someone, well, a friend of mine actually asked me this too, like, besides the account you just mentioned for the real information, are there certain organizations and we will put them, you know, on our social channels to, to give money to, you know, that, you know, this is, this is yeah. really going here. It's not going to yeah. whatever. Someone's like, yeah, well, actually, account. Mm -hmm. Actually, I wanted to mention just before we move on to that question. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Another, another really great source of information, and they actually have an English page that my one of my friends works there. So I know it's verified. It's it was created by um, Sandra or, or 
it's a center for strategic communication and it was established under the ministry of culture and information policy of ukraine and okay. it's it, it was created to fight back the misinformation that russia is putting out so and what's the name of that again so i will spell it so it's www.spravdi.gov.ua so gov.ua stands for government.ua you love your you know a lot of consonants there a lot of letters yes spravdi spravdi in ukrainian means uh, really like oh really truly. oh like the truth like the truth gov ua government ua so it's a team it's a whole team yeah that verifies all the, all the information everything they put out is 100 true it's so hard there's just so much and russia is really doing its best to cover up the truth and like twist the truth because obviously they don't want to feel like the bad guys I mean, I don't know how you could not see it that way. And I, I actually do feel for, I have a friend of mine who's, you know, she was born in Los Angeles, but she grew up speaking Russian and she's Russian. And now there's a lot of backlash against Russian people that don't even, yeah. they don't agree with Putin. They don't want anything to do with him. And it's, there's, you know, they, it's, there's a businesses that are like, I think it was in New York too. I heard there was some, some deli or corner store that has Russia in it, they had to like, people are like, can you please take this down? And so now there's like a whole other side and it's too bad people are that ignorant that like they just see someone who's Russian and think he, they, that he or she or them loves Putin. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really feel for the Russians who are against it and who are just trapped because it's, they literally can't do anything. Like, yes, they can go on strikes, but it's just, a lot of people just don't even want to give their opinions because of fear of prosecution and fear of just ending up in prison. Like I think 14,000 Russians are in prisons right now just because they were protesting. Wow. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And so what happened to the woman that came on the news? So I saw that she is, um, she told the, the, I think she did, she did an interview or something. Yeah, because I feel like she's not in jail. She's out. They find her something, 30,000 rubles, which is not a big fine. Um, but also there's a... What is that in American dollars? I'm not sure. It's not a lot, which was really? surprising. Yeah, I think so it's... For, to take it back a step, there was a woman who went on... Uh, the news in Russia, which is obviously all bias. And what what would what did her sign say? Because you had translated it. Oh, the, the, that came wait, on the, the woman. News, like that this, girl, what, yeah. What did the sign say? It said, um, "Russians against war. Don't believe what they're telling you. They're lying to you here. No war. No war. Stop the war. They're lying to you here." And she was the editor, one of the editors of that channel. And a lot of Ukrainians actually think it was all staged, which what do you mean? Could be. Yeah, a lot mean, of Ukrainians like they think they purposely did that to make Russia look like there's still good people there. Yeah, there's there's this thing going on. I honestly I want to believe that it's true that she actually did this because I want to believe in good in people. So I but also she said that she there is a criminal case against her so it's still unclear what's going to happen they find her i i just um uh oh found the translation i'm just curious 280 dollars 280 dollar fine which is not a lot so that's a little suspicious that is suspicious i'm surprised she wasn't like thrown in prison for life right but also she said that when she came back to get her car from um from the station the tv station which she works all of her tires were slashed um and obviously like no no one from the channel has checked on her like she probably she was just kind of like thrown out and so who knows i guess time will show i want to believe that she actually did it to to you know stand by 
the innocent victims of this war because it's just horrendous what what they've done it's absolutely unbelievable at this point at this time 119 children have died already um i know Uni united nations confirmed 75 children but obviously it takes time to update the numbers right, and right. children die every single day so oh and all the displaced animals, you know, it's just. Oh, yeah. And so also speaking of you ask where to donate, people ask a lot. And there are so many organizations that do really great jobs. So I actually put together a GoFundMe that's in my name. So I, I will gather the money. And there are four organizations that I personally donated to. Uh, one of them is a foundation from... Um, one of uh, famous Ukrainian TV hosts, Masha Yefristina, she put together Masha Foundation and originally it dealt with victims of gender abuse, gender-based uh, gender abuse, and now it changed into a foundation that helps victims of Ukrainian war or Russian war, really. Um, so they help children, women, and elderly people, so the most vulnerable victims who don't have food or or can't or some people that basic physically walk you know or physically, water, yeah, yeah or water yeah yeah, yeah that some elderly people just can't even leave their yeah. apartment so they bring food to them that's a really great organization to donate to i i have complete trust in masha she's been an activist for years and years then there's um shelter um ugalok it's called and it's a shelter that takes care about uh of abandoned animals people who had to flee yeah a lot of people had to flee like they didn't even like grab their necessities so a lot of them as heartbreaking as it is they had to leave their animals there oh gosh, I... so this shelter takes on the animals that were just like stray at this point and what is really heartwarming that's that they're taking care of the animals of people who decided to fight and who joined like armed forces and like territory defense so they take in those animals and take care of them while their right. owners are you know fighting for for the freedom there's also you can donate to help armed forces of ukraine the national bank of ukraine put together a separate account for them so you can also donate you know just directly to that it's really easy i have all the links like i have all the active links in my stories because there was one also yeah. i found it was on the news and it was when um i think i had marco email you about it it's uh, someone who lives in Los Angeles. She was born in the, born in Ukraine and she's Ukrainian and she's done this for many years and it's mm -hmm. reforming street dogs and, or dogs oh. that are handicapped. And they, um, oh. of course, when this was playing on the news, Arthur's like growling at the dogs. I was like, Arthur, these dogs are like walking among, like, it's so sad. I immediately like started crying and donated money. I just, but it, you know, she's been doing this a long time. So we'll add it to the list. And yes. it's really called like street dog street reform in Ukraine. Like yeah. it's not even really related to what is happening right now, but now it's become a place where people feel comfortable because, you know, it's an established place. Yeah. And another one, the fourth one is um, actually an account for the city of Mariupol that I think right now is in the worst state in the whole country. Russia just destroyed 90% of the city so far, wow. not nine, zero, 90%. All the buildings are destroyed. Uh, there are still about two or 300,000 people um, there. The city is under siege. They are not letting people out. They're not letting uh, any help in from Ukraine. So they don't have running water. They don't have heat. They don't have food. Children are dying of dehydration. Children are, are, babies are dying from starvation because there's no water, no formula. I don't know, I just kept seeing last week, I can't get the images out of my head. Maybe it was there. It's, it's, the, it's the city where the maternity ward was. Yes, bombed. the maternity ward. But I know the maternity ward, at least that is getting some coverage. I didn't realize that was where, say that again, the city, what is it called again? Mar Mariupol. 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 Yeah. I didn't know that I thought it was just all of I mean everywhere obviously is in crisis but 
I remember seeing images on the news and then later in the New York Times of, you know, women being carried out or some that had survived on, you know, gurneys on their way to get, you know, to hospital. Yeah. And that, that woman actually passed away. The, the, the oh. photo of the woman on the gurney, the pregnant woman. Yeah. She passed away. Yeah, she looked about eight months pregnant. I mean, she looked very pregnant. And her baby passed away as well. So that's, it's so heartbreaking. And that's awful. And, and how cynical was Russian media to cover this and say that these were crisis actors and this was all staged. Is that yeah. what they said? They're saying that it's all staged. One of the pregnant women that ended up in the pictures, the one that was like kind of like wrapped in a blanket. This, this girl, she's a beauty blogger from Mariupol. And so they grabbed onto that saying, oh, well, she's a blogger. So she's fake and she's getting paid for this. I'm like, I don't bloggers think get like pregnant paying her <laughs> to like do an influencer post of a like maternity war being bombed. So how do you keep like a sort of, how can you keep to kind of end on a somewhat positive, like how do you, because you're seeing all this from afar and how can you stay mentally sane when this is going on? Oh, it's been a struggle for sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the very first few days when it first started, I was in this shock, but also I felt like a really insane amount of energy to help. So I did so much in these few adrenaline. days. Like I, I think it was adrenaline. Yeah, I donated a bunch. I found a place in LA that um, packed physical donations. I got everything that we could donate. Like my husband donated a bunch of boots and like winter coats and like, you know, oh, like gear I need for- to do that. Marco, if you're listening, we need to- <laughs> I don't know why yeah, I, I can't just that because I mean I have so many things that I'm selling we don't need to sell them we'll just donate them like winter yeah, stuff, they, you know yeah like winter coats and like good boots they need good boots I have like four boxes I took it there then mm -hmm. I next day came back and I helped them like pack the boxes and like sort the donations and all of this and then after that I just I was so exhausted mentally and physically and I was numb I couldn't cry I, I was just like look checking morning till night I was checking what's happening then a week later I just I couldn't stop crying it, I was like I went through like stages and I was just crying and I felt so helpless now I'm like at the stage where I feel like I'm not doing enough so I just I feel guilty like I'm just kind of like safe here sleeping in my bed I don't think you should feel guilty oh I know it's not helping anybody literally it's no. not helping anybody it's not, it's not, you didn't, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's hard. It's easier said than done, but everyone, I, I think if you're a good person, you wants to help or they want to do what they can. And we've obviously become even more resourceful through COVID of how to help people across the planet and communicate yeah. in ways that we didn't before. So I think it's also a good idea to take some breaks from the news like I can get in yeah. my like news junkie as in sometimes you need to like turn on something a little uplifting or, you know. Yeah. I try to do that for sure. Like I can't, I haven't been able to take like a full day break from the news because well, I feel like I'm just going to miss. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like an hour or so, like still like plants, <laughs> plants help me. Like I cleaned up my backyard, like replanted some things. It's this going kind of outside, stuff. Just, you know, doing yeah. something or before you go to bed, read a, a book or watch something else if you can, just something where it's, because you can start to, I think whenever there's a crisis and people even felt this way with COVID as well, like you can kind of start to like spin out of control and, it, and especially if you're prone to anxiety and then it just kind of makes you more anxious and yeah. Um, yeah. it comes from a good place. Like it, you know, when people are empaths and feel things deep, deeply, you're like, what can I do, you know? I was like, I'm yeah. going to sew a bunch of masks. And like, I remember like, I was like, wait, there's probably people that are like making masks that actually protect, you know, but I think that's <laughs> people's reaction. Cause I know how to sew. I was like, we got to get out the sewing machine. Like to my cousin, he's like, Katie. I was like, we're going to make Lebanese food and bring it to Cedars. He's like, Katie, they're not going to let like two people that don't even own a restaurant, you know, like kitchen, there's certain, you know, like it has to be graded. He's like, they're not just going to like take our Lebanese food. And I was like, all right, fine. But you know, you just start to like think outside the box and it 
can drive you crazy, but you kind of have to go through it to then realize, okay, doing what I can. Yeah. It's, it's, what was it? Doing what you can with what you have, where you are. I think, I think Churchill said that. I, I'm not sure. Oh, really? That kind of sounds, but that's a great, that's a great thing to say, like in times of war and any crisis. And it's, it's, we've obviously been through so much in the past, you know, two and a half years. And I know a lot of people, and obviously anyone that was, you know, born in Ukraine or is Ukrainian, you know, it's like, oh, a sigh of relief where, okay, Omicron seems a little under control. And now it's like, oh, World War Three. Like, it's just like, it's just not. There was no break at all. Yeah. There's like not, not even a break between these. I feel so terrible for those, for those people. And my, my cousin is staying there. He is, he actually, he works at a hospital. He won't leave. Sheltering. Well, he, he won't leave Kiev, but he, he can't leave Ukraine, but he won't leave Kiev. He stays there. They're sheltering 350 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent me photos. He sleeps in the parking lot in his car because it's safer just in right. case something right. happens. Because they keep let someone bombs the hospital. Is that why? Well, I think it's a parking lot under his building because they keep bombing buildings at night when everybody's sleeping, like four or five in the morning, which is. And I, I heard that they, I read that they um, use some kind of new type of missile that's quicker than the, the speed of sound so it's not recognizable but the by the radar so by the time it's here nobody knows so it's kind of like no warning and there's an explosion so that's scary and the president of ukraine can you just quickly explain him because i mean he seems amazing and then someone was like oh yes he he was an actor and i'm like okay i hope this man's okay like his love of I, I was so sweet and but i'm like wait he was a reality star or like what is the history there of the president yeah he was a part of this sketch comedy group I, it's it's insane and they were really funny <laughs> like they were from it's a it's a city in in ukraine and like a group of guys and girls and it, it was sort of like snl but like on a much much smaller so scale obviously be, so here in the states it would be like for anyone listening it would be like the groundlings or second city or um there's another one i can't think of it right now upright citizens brigade they're they're like famous comedy i went to the groundlings like improv school oh. and you go and you perform and so he was there yeah. It was not live. I think it was all recorded, but they were like little, you know, like comedy, like little this of like diff- different subjects. And it was, yeah. it was funny. And then I left um, and then I wasn't like really paying attention that much to politics. I mean, there was another president after when I left. And then my mom said that they elected this guy. I, was, I couldn't believe her. I was like, is this a joke? Like, what? Are you sure it's him? She's like, yeah, yeah. And he... I guess pe- people just fell in love with him and he's just like a really like a sweet, kind, honest guy. And like, we can see it now. I'm, I'm in love with him. I think I'm in love with him. An American person, I feel like they'd be like, send, you know, like Air Force One, I'm leaving immediately to go wherever. And yeah, he's like, I, I don't want to go, you know, yeah, I'm not afraid. Stuff. It's so, it's so sexy. And I, I like, what a hero. Yeah, it's really amazing. And I, I heard that he is uh, nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. He made Ukraine fight this way. Mm-hmm. Just Very by inspiring. like... Very inspiring. He inspired. He didn't like... He didn't make people fight. He just inspired people to just unite and be well, in this together. Well, that's what a leader does. Really. How long has he been the president? Several years. It's his first term. Oh, okay. So it's not, he's not like, cause I really, I'm just so, and, and I just kept hearing different things. They're like, he played a president on TV. And I said, I yeah, don't know true. He did? He played a, a, te- a school teacher, history teacher who basically got, uh, he was recorded by one of the students saying how, well, if I was a president, I would do everything differently. And I would do this and this and this. And they recorded him and put it on YouTube. And people really liked it. And everybody started saying like, well, you should run for a president. I'd vote for you. You should run for a president. So he did. And then in the, in the show, he becomes the president. And he's just like this refreshing 
guy he takes a bike everywhere he doesn't drive a car and he's just like ideal you know president down to earth and like with the people it's i want to look up i just i want to look up how long he's been a president i think it's like two years or something also good to know for anyone running for president like he seems like such a great example 2019 may 20 2019 he became president so yeah not even two years i guess right oh wait almost two years wait three years oh i'm I'm an artist. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. So three years. Wow. Three years. Yeah. And we just want to live in peace. Like we just, we don't want anyone. We don't want anyone's land. We don't want anything. Like just leave us alone. Like that's, if I could, if I could say one message to Russian people support Putin, like just leave us alone. Just let us live. Yeah. It sounds, but it's, it seems like that is what any, everyone, whenever I read anything about what's going on or watch the news, it seems like that is what most people that are still there or have been there or lived there, that's all they've wanted. Just like the rights, their rights. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to go and invade Russia. That, no, that like was that never a plan. Russia, like, like, yeah, we just want to be left alone. They already tried to take Crimea. They annexed Crimea illegally. They annexed a part of Eastern Ukraine and they just like hungry for more. Cause that went unchecked and it just, it can't happen. It's a modern society. We're, it's not medieval times where you can just go and just steal a bunch of land. That's what I'm saying. It sounds like, like a Game of Thrones when you said that they were all on the border. I was like, this this sounds like out of some, you know, fantastical movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like it doesn't feel real, and and it is, and it's just, it's just hard. It's hard to process all of this. <sighs> I'm sure. Thank you for tuning in to Ben Better. How about you? To learn more, please visit benbetterhbu.com and check out our Instagram, bbhbu. Slide into our DMs with your questions and or comments. Also, be sure to subscribe for your weekly prescription. This pharmacy is open 24-7.